What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of... Forever News! The only news source that provides anything and everything anime and manga related. And we don't bore you. We get into it. Let's do it. No matter how you Okay, people, so for the next hour, I've got some stories to talk to you guys about. Nothing fancy, just a little bit of this, a little bit of drama on the timeline. Why am I talking like that? I got some news stories, okay? We got about 50 minutes to an hour, as per usual, of news stories to get through. I'm excited to talk to you guys about them. I hope you're excited to hear about it. I, I guess without further ado, let's get started. Also, you can listen to Forever News on all podcast streaming services, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, you can listen to the show. Usually episodes are up on there before they hit YouTube. Just a thought. Let's get started. Okay, people. So first up on the agenda. I'm sure some of you have heard about this by now. But apparently Epic Games, and it was already confirmed a while ago. There was like, you know, some licensing announcements and stuff. But it is actually coming to fruition that Naruto will be hitting Fortnite. Fortnite teases Naruto collaboration for November 16th. Epic Games' Fortnite video game teased a collaboration with the Naruto Shippuden anime series on its official Twitter account on Thursday. The tweet includes Naruto's English catchphrase, Believe it! Along with the date, November 16th. Epic Games released the Fortnite survival game as an early access title in 2017 and it has since debut on PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One consoles, and on mobile devices. And basically, come November 16th, you're going to be able to catch a body with uh, Mr. Uzumaki. <laughs> like, hey, I, I, a part of me feels like maybe this is a good thing in terms of like, hey, you know, Naruto is going to show how much more of a cash cow it is and ultimately it'll keep it going. But also, a part of me feels like because, like, I remember when a bunch of my niece and nephew, they were all into Fortnite. None of them play it no more. And, of course, there's still plenty of people playing it. I'm not saying just because my family isn't playing it no more that the game is dead. But it does make me wonder, like, maybe the game is not doing as hot as it was doing, you know, even two years ago. And, you know, bringing a title like Naruto, you know, there's going to be Naruto skins and stuff like that, to the actual game might bring people back in. Might even bring people that don't really care about Fortnite. Like, yo, Naruto's on there. Let's play it for some shits and giggles. Why not? And, you know, I'll have people buy the skins and all sorts of stuff. Part of me feels like eh, maybe this is something to get an extra little boost. Even Call of Duty at some given point started to fall off. So maybe that's what's happening. Either way, still cool stuff there. It's always dope to see anime and games collaborating. And at the same time, it's a, a win for both of them across the board. So shout outs to that. I might actually play it. I don't know if I'll do a video on here because I haven't done a gaming video in like ages on here. I mean, if you want to see that, let me know. And maybe I'll give it a try, even though I'm going to get owned and destroyed and i'm gonna humiliate our boy uzumaki but yeah maybe i'll play with the naruto skin come november 16th over on fortnite i'll download it if you guys want to see it bad enough i'm just saying but naruto fortnite november 16th believe it okay people next up apparently you could get yourself in a bit of trouble if you're making cakes with unauthorized licensed characters like obviously you know yeah th there's a lot of places like even there's local stores over here that like i remember it was for my daughter's birthday and like i wanted to get a specialized cake and a lot of them said well we can't do that because of you know copyright and stuff like that so i totally get it but when you actually hear them enforce these things and like people get in legal trouble over a freaking cake because of the characters a part of me is like yeah i get it but it just sounds so silly like imagine going to prison over putting fucking i don't know pikachu on a cake it just sounds ridiculous 
Let's read, because apparently a woman got herself in some trouble over some Demon Slayer cake. Woman charged for selling 6.5 million yen in unauthorized Demon Slayer cakes. The Mukaishima Metropolitan Police Department charged a woman on Tuesday for breaking copyright law by selling unauthorized cakes based on the Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba franchise. The woman had sold cakes for 13,000 to 15,000 yen, about 113 to 131 dollars each on Instagram. She had made about 6.5 million yen, about $56,000. Oh, wow. Almost 57 since July 2019. I need to start making some cakes, fam. You made almost 60 grand in a couple of years off of selling these cakes alone? I mean, they gotta be adding more. Like, there's... Wow. Like, well, then again, in Japan, Demon Slayer is a massive phenomenon like never before. So, Wow, <laughs> the woman admitted to the charge saying that she believed the cakes would sell well with popular anime characters and that she knew this was a crime. Customers submitted their desired images when ordering cakes. A production company noticed her cakes on Instagram in February and consulted with the police. Ah, oh, come on, man. Come on, come on. I know it's totally different Western culture and Eastern culture and Japan. They don't play with their copyright, especially stuff like that. And I think had she made $56 and not $56,000, I don't think they would have come for her neck like that. I, well, no, actually, we've seen them. I don't know. They, they they wild out there. They be wilding the hell out. Like, wasn't it just not that long ago? It was like a dude got arrested for, like, stealing, like, what? $13 in comics or some shit like that. Like, yeah, they they, they, they don't play. <laughs> they, they don't play over there no matter what. Whether it's cakes, comics, whatever the case may be. And goddamn, what a hustle. If she would have got away with it, Jesus. She's making a living off of selling Demon Slayer cakes. Like, yo, that, that's freaking nuts. That just goes to show you, though. Like, look at how much money Demon Slayer is making. If a woman with her cake shop is making a living an actual annual living off of Demon Slayer inspired cakes alone. They're making bank over there. Like Shueisha, there's a reason why. And, and that's kind of crazy too that they went after people considering like, are they really cutting into your profits considering you have made $10 billion in the last two years off of this series that like just came out not that long ago. Like, yeah, I, I get it. I completely understand. I, I know I keep repeating myself, but I completely understand. It's your copyright. You can do what you wish. That seems like tyranny. I don't know. Like, it just seems like, come on. This uh, lady selling some cakes. Let people get their hustle on. But the law's the law, my lord. And they, they got her. And yeah, I'd imagine they're going to probably ruin her. You know, shop is going to have to close down. She might even do jail time, which, oh my god. Like, imagine actually going to jail or prison for selling anime-inspired cakes. That's sad. That's sad. I, I, I wish her the best. Hopefully they, you know, don't, don't give her too bad of a, whether it be sentencing or fees to pay or whatever the case may be. Because, come on, man, she was just trying to hustle, trying to make a living man you know what i'm saying like yeah messed up situation all around and while we're on the topic of demon slayer we got a little bit of demon slayer stories regarding the hinokami chronicles game which i'm glad that we're already hearing something else because i ain't gonna lie the rui dlc it was what rui and akaza have you know been out for a little bit and i already started losing a little interest again man they, they made this game too bare bones man they really did because like every time i, I pick up the controller and i play for a few days and it falls off but at the very least, they're once again announcing more DLC for the Demon Slayer Hinokami Chronicles game. Let's take a look. Shoutouts to PS360 HD2. That's my guy. He posted a few days ago that Suzumaru and Yahaba will launch as playable DLC characters as a free update to Demon 
Soothsayer, Hinokami Chronicles in late November slash early December. I'm going to bet on maybe late November, but maybe I'll be, I, I don't know. Either way, it's those two characters. Remember, it's like early on in the arts where they like having to hit those balls and the balls are like following Tanjiro and them. Like they should have been in the game from launch. This is another one. Like Akaza and Rui, like you could argue, okay, maybe whatever. You want to make them DLC because they were like the popular villains. But these two guys, like it's exciting in terms of like, because I like the game and it's like, oh shit, some new stuff to it. So that's why I'm excited. But these two definitely should have been in the game upon launch, hands down. Like why was they even taken out to be added as DLC? And I get it. Like, hey, they're doing free DLC. Get excited. Like that's not, that, that should have just been in the game from launch. This is them trying to keep the game going. And I, I'm happy and I commend them for making this DLC free. So it's not like we got to buy a pass to get these characters that should have been in there to begin with. But come on. And it makes me wonder, right? Because they're doing these free DLCs. Like I said, they did uh, Kaza, Rui, now these two dudes or, well, the dude and the chick or whatever. I'm wondering if once we get to season two content, when we get to characters like the next Hashira that's popular, Uzui, and everything to come from the Red Light District arc, are those going to be free DLCs as well? Or are they going to have? I highly doubt it. More than likely, once we get to season two and we get to like the new content from that stuff, that's probably going to be a whole entire new map and a new boss battle and stuff like that that's probably going to cost that's going to be the first dlc pack so they're trying to keep the game alive until that actually airs on tv and then they could probably drop that and then actually start charging people that's my assumption on what's happening here they're keeping the game alive long enough to start charging like hey this is a whole new thing a whole new addition to the game keep getting back into it which I really like the game, man. I really wish there was more to it because I really, really like this game. I've been saying for like a year plus now that I can't wait for this game. And when it came out, I ain't gonna lie, I was playing it nonstop as a little time has gone on. And again, I'm not the biggest gamer, so there's also that to add into the whole equation. But I'm slowly starting to fall out of it. And this DLC isn't the most exciting. Like, it's exciting enough that I will pick up the controller again when they drop this to see how they play and whatnot. But... Ah, Hinokami Chronicles, what could have been upon launch and what they're doing now? I don't know. Maybe this DLC will be fun. Who knows? But yeah, some free DLC coming late November, early December for the Demon Slayer Hinokami Chronicles game. And it's these two characters that should have been there from the jump. Okay, people, next up, some Jujutsu Kaisen related news. For starters, well, honestly, it's just really all good news, I guess you would say. Because according to this, it says Jujutsu Kaisen stage at Jump Festa 2022 will be held on December 19th at 11.30 a.m. JST. So we'll probably on late December 18th be hearing what whatever the heck is about to happen. So it'll probably be in the nighttime of the 18th. But then following that, it was a few days later that I actually heard something even more awesome. Because with a big Jump Festa stage, for starters, definitely they're going to be promoting the upcoming Jujutsu Kaisen Zero film. They just dropped that immaculate trailer and all of that jazz. And I can't freaking wait because I, I want to say... If this is taking place over there on the 19th, that's only five days away from the movie dropping over there in Japan anyway, so they're going to be heavily promoting that, but... According to this right here, it has been leaked out that it says either during Jump Festa or pre-Jump Festa, depending on when the info drops, new info of the Jujutsu Kaisen TV anime will also be delivered. Essentially, we might get right around that time like, oh, by the way, guys, um, season two, 
here's a little key visual that'll be dropping maybe end of 2022 or something like that because i still feel like it's a little early we just finished jujutsu kaisen season one what was it march i want to say like it was somewhere like earlier in this year so we probably won't be getting season two on maybe summertime around there or fall of 2022 maybe i might be off on that because also you know they want time to let the movie breathe and push it everywhere into theaters although it would be a phenomenal idea right if the movie is dropping over there in december 24th maybe we get it february march over here maybe a little earlier depending on how quickly they want to release it i hope it's as early as hell because i really want to see this film i'm just saying but maybe they drop it around that time and it would be perfect to kind of coincide over here of like bam the movie came out and it's hyping up yo season two is coming right along with it like even just throwing a little visual at the end by the way season two 2022 let's go like that would be freaking hype as hell but if we're getting that that means they're gonna promote of course the film and at the same time announce season two which a lot of people probably will even be more invested in oh season two announced oh season two we getting a trailer or a key visual i don't know if we'll get a trailer just yet i want to say maybe we're a little shy from a trailer i could be wrong on that especially considering again they want to really promote you know the upcoming film so they probably not going to drop a trailer i could see maybe a pv visual or maybe just an announcement of like hey a year 2022 jujutsu kaisen season two or early winter 2023 jujutsu kaisen season two something along the lines of that is what i'm guessing considering again that's also a very high quality production and while mappa they be delivering the goods it's a lot of strenuous work and i would hope that they would at the very least have learned their lesson considering all the outrage that happened just a few months ago of, you know their practices and whatnot being revealed of being very harsh and absurd to say the least that okay let, let's give them a little bit of time to actually like they're gonna crank out some great stuff and get y'all a whole bunch of money exposure and all that jazz let these animators live a little you know what i'm saying but yeah people jump festa 2022 jujutsu kaisen stage release date and also seemingly some tv anime announcements that more than likely again i want to say maybe just a date or you know a, a ballpark date for season two of the anime but it also could be the, on the off chance of hey we're gonna re-air season one around the time that the movie dropped which ugh Ugh. Like if I really wanted to rewatch Jujutsu Kaisen and I get it, it's a little different over there in Japan, but if I want to rewatch it, I'll just go on, you know, the 5 million apps that I pay for to rewatch it. Yeah. Okay, people, next up, drama on the timeline. Drama on the timeline. Because, and yes, I did try to carry that No, I don't know if y'all caught that. And I'm like, yo, I'm doing my thing now. <laughs> people, apparently a little bit of drama and hopefully nothing happens to this person because at the end of the day, I don't want to see somebody lose their job over this. But seemingly one of the official, official, not just like, you know, I'm on Twitter. Like, no, they were an official one. I think they translate stuff for like the Manga Plus app, if I'm not mistaken. One of the official translators for for the Boruto manga, a little bit of drama happened over the last couple days because apparently she had posted something basically accusing Masashi Kishimoto of being sexist. And a lot of people assumed that the reason she posted that was she got the latest chapter a bit early and saw it and maybe it had something to do, whether it be with the character Ada or Sarada or something along the lines of that. And that's why this person went on to say that. Uh, just quickly to read a translation, which is not the greatest, but it says, Kishimoto wrong very bad you 
you are a fucking macho of the balls because it's actually was written initially in Spanish. Said Kishimoto mal, muy mal. Eres un puto machiste de los cojones. And I was there like, okay. <laughs> a part of me feels like, first of all, like yo, you gotta understand what you're doing here, fam. You're risking your job just to say something like that. Like it'd be different if you would say like, oh my god, I don't know how I feel about the Boruto manga and coming because that's your job at the end of the day. You talking about the higher of higher ups because if you work as a translator for manga plus you're working on the manga plus and manga plus is working under the head corporation over there in japan and they're working on the shueisha and kishimoto is above a whole bunch of you motherfuckers so essentially you're talking about the boss's boss type of deal the boss's boss's boss type of deal when you say things like that and it can lead to a lot of trouble and a lot of people were very very upset with her i'll be honest with you like yeah in the past kishimoto has been accused of not being the best and he's even admitted to it that he's not the best at expressing female characters he just doesn't understand females then that's okay that's a you know flaw humans have flaws and whatnot so for this person to have said that i feel like maybe they were a bit emotional about it maybe they read the chapter early and something happened maybe they were really digging ada's character and something went wrong in terms of like she's not as badass or as cool or anything as we thought she would be or maybe she's simping too hard for one of the characters something along the lines with that is what i'd imagine happened but yeah it caused a bit of a stir and again i don't necessarily agree with what she said either in terms of like there's other ways to go around it especially considering that's that's your boss technically like you're talking shit about your boss could have easily just said something like wow i'm not sure how i feel about the latest chapter or oh i'm really not digging what just happened but y'all check it out when y'all read it whatever so yeah we, we gotta wait and see because now i'm kind of curious like what the hell why are you accusing him of being sexist like we haven't heard this type of slander on kishimoto's name in a long time what's going on here so yeah i'm, I'm very interested in reading the upcoming boruto chapter just in in general like it's one of the last ones of the year so i'm sure they're probably gonna give us something epic hopefully possibly either way it's gonna stem from some of this drama that i'm pretty excited to see what kishimoto's sexist or you know misogynistic essentially ass had to do and had to say with this latest boruto chapter seriously it ain't, it ain't that deep I, I think a lot of people also are being a bit harsh on her and like calling her all sorts of names and stuff like that like yeah i, I don't agree with what she did but eh, cut her some slack man she just seems like honestly she was a passionate fan like sometimes you can double with not only being you know in your work but also as a fan and that's one of the most beautiful things is when your fandom and your work can coincide again you're a professional so you got to act accordingly but eh, the roasting was a little extreme from what i saw on the timeline i was like god damn they're cooking this woman but either way leave kishimoto alone that's the goat you can't do that stuff like i'm sorry you gotta you gotta relax fam you gotta relax and be grateful that he's even involved in any capacity with boruto because for better or worse it's his baby to begin with. He created Naruto. Yeah. Okay, people. Moving forward. Now, I've been doing a little bit of these lately. In case you don't know, I'm usually calling them the Rise and Fall of X series. This is all thanks to the research. Very well done, by the way, of Jost underscore K over on Twitter. And this time around, he gave us the sales statistics of the run of the Haikyuu manga from... Which volume is this? I want to say volume... Yeah, okay. I think it's from the first volume on. And basically, the quote-unquote Rise and Fall fall i guess you would say or evolution because again this isn't really even a uh it's a rise but not necessarily a fall because it was a gradual slow decline but nothing insane because it starts off with like of course the first volume ain't gonna do fantastic by any means you know it's the first freaking volume 
and it's a sports series. A lot of people, it takes a bit of time with a sports series to get invested. So it was like, you know, very, very low. As we get to like volume four, we're already hitting the 200,000 mark and it stays steady on there. And then it's around volume 10 that the anime begins and boom, right when the anime begins, it's already up to 400,000 in sales. And then as it continues to peak, it goes all the way up to 800,000 and it stays around there between 700 and 800,000 for a bit of time. And then it's not until volume 27 that you start to see a little decline, but it's actually really interesting. This is what kind of fascinated me and made me wonder. And it could be also because maybe the anime seasons were just really freaking knocking and that's why this happened because then around volume 43, we start to see a big incline once again up until the final volume 45. And again, it could be that things just got real spicy in the end and a lot of people started checking it out. Could be that the anime was really popping at that point and people were just like, yo, I got I gotta go get some more IQ because that is really insane to go out on an incline. Most people like, if they get that incline, well, we could squeeze one or two more volumes, right? You could write a little bit more good old author. So the fact that they actually ended it on a pretty significant note, it ended the last volume was at 600,000, not far off from, you know, the peak numbers. That's really dope. And Haikyuu, it held it down for the sports arena. I'll never forget around the time because I actually had seen Haikyuu before I watched Kuroko no Basket. And I remember I was like, man, yo, sports series, they actually really be popping, man. I, I didn't know I was missing out. Then I went on and got obsessed with Kuroko and watched like the first two seasons and a couple of sittings. It was, it was insane. I really loved it. I was like, yo, freaking essentially adding like quirks to basketball and shit it was it was insane it's thanks to Haikyuu though because it was like I gave Haikyuu a try and then my mind was a little more accepting and open to the idea of watching more sports stuff and yeah Haikyuu really dope stuff man one day I do gotta go back and watch it all and finish it up because it was a really awesome thing and I remember I just love the dynamic of the two main characters Hinata and was it Kageyama forgive me on that on the on the name but I, I had a blast with what I did see and yeah it's really dope to see that um towards the very end it wrapped up on an incline that's that's not a rise and fall that's just uh i guess we'll just say evolution right like that's the easiest one to throw evolution of the haiku manga's sales performance and wasn't that bad at all honestly even the decline at worst it was like slightly low which that means that he was steadily writing a really dope narrative like people didn't get bored of it people wasn't falling off it was it was right there. So shout outs to Haikyuu. Moving forward, people, we got the Weekly Shonen Magazine author comments. Let's begin. Opening up, we got some jokes. We got some jokes, some jokes, some jokes. The creator of the Seven Deadly Sins slash now the Four Nights of the Apocalypse, Nakaba Suzuki, said, I feel like I'm going to faint from all the announcements that are coming next year. Look forward to it. I know why you're gonna faint, fam. You saw that 3D CG of that latest trailer. You were like, this is some bullshit. What they doing to my title? It's like, oh. <laughs> Eventually, I'm gonna dive more into it because I did a little bit of a breakdown on CGI in one of my latest videos. Check it out. It was an effing rant. But uh, just in general, the seven deadly sins as a whole, I am almost done. I got like two episodes, I think, left of the anime and i'm gonna go into the ins and outs of that bad boy but my god yeah i don't know what you're about to faint from other than the disappointment of what they've done to your baby nakaba suzuki like maybe the bag is great so you live in life and congrats if you got the bag i'm all happy i always love to see artists and creatives get the bag quote unquote because like yo you deserve some success but ultimately like fam you're gonna faint because it's atrocious what they done did to it, okay? Like, we went from 
pretty top tier season one pretty awesome season two season three is like where are we going with this this is bad season four oh no season five kill me now take me out of existence oh i'm going off on a tangent shout outs to nakaba suzuki though like uh your manga is awesome it's anime adaptation counterpart Moving forward, we got Hiro Mashima, creator of Fairy Tale, Fairy Tale 100 Years Quest, Rave Master, and of course, Eden Zero. He said, a Creators Lab project was announced. It pays for itself at a cool 10 million yen, a Creators Lab's project. Well, makes me wonder if that has something to do with like his whole video game creation thing. A Creators Lab project was announced, or is that something else entirely? Maybe like a new story or a new game he's working on? I haven't heard nothing about that yet. A Creators Lab project, but Hiromashima, he's always on to the next one. This man is a hustler. This man is a worker. This man gets it done. Always got to give props to Hiromashima. He's always, he's on to the next one. Always. Like, this is true inspiration right there. I ain't gonna lie. Then we got Ken Wakui, author of Tokyo Revengers, which pretty much is one of the big ones that owned 2021. He said, Suyahime is delicious. So delicious that I'd eat it and walleye Pollock roll every day if I could. I have no idea what he's talking about, but you do you, fam. You did great. Tokyo Revengers, massive success. I need to catch up. I'm starting to fall behind. I was letting the chapters build or whatever, but you do you, fam. Ken Wakui, enjoy whatever the hell you're talking about. I have no idea. Then we got Atsushi Okubo, author of fire force they said i've been using those thingies that make your face tingle when you pull them off and are supposedly good for your skin though because i've been riding my bike at 50 kilos lately and doing face exercises i can't tell if it does me any good at all okay face okay <laughs> what the fuck i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> Shout out to Atsushi Okubo, always with some random ass weird shit. If it's not about video games, it's weird shit. The dude loves to be weird. Why not? Maybe I'm a little weird too, lads. Why not? <laughs> uh, and then I guess we'll wrap it up. I always like to throw in a little random one in there from Ranger Reject. Negi Haruba said, Drawing bear cubs is as easy as it appears. Yeah, I'd imagine drawing a bear isn't that difficult. You just draw like a big circle, big circle, little detail on the face. Like... Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Shout-outs to uh, Negi Haruba and Ranger Reject. I really want to get into that. I keep saying that. I got to find the time to do it. And yeah, people, those were the weekly Shonen Magazine all the comments. Some weird shit. Fainting from CGI. <laughs> That's just in general, always a good laugh and a good uh, piece of insight into these authors. Shout-outs to them. Okay, people, next up, we got a little more insight into the upcoming new manga from the creator of Full Metal Alchemist, Hiromu Arakawa, and what it's looking like. And just a little more insight. It says here... Fullmetal Alchemist's Hiromu Arakawa launches Yomi no Sugai manga on December 10th. We already covered the date and all that jazz. It says, The December issue of Square Enix's monthly Shonen Gangan magazine revealed on Friday that Hiromu Arakawa's new manga is titled Yomi no Sugai, The Hinge of the Underworld. I like the English title. Like, now that I can send it, The Hinge of the Underworld. That sounds kind of dope. And it will launch in the magazine's next issue on December 10th. The magazine teased in July that Arakawa was launched launching a new manga soon and the image that we got here because this is the first colored image i want to say we only had like that black and white sketch that we've seen for quite some time the uh, one of the characters they look i they got a little bit of swag i guess with the scarf and the drip or whatever 
But the other one in the black coat, that dude looks badass. I'm excited. I don't know what Hiromu Arakawa is going to be doing. It looks like it's going to be potentially a battle series. And Fullmetal Alchemist, legendary series. People are regarded as the best, if not one of the best anime out there. And it's partially, uh, mostly due to Hiromu Arakawa's manga. You know, the original manga, the source material. And it says here, we have some insight on it. The manga centers on Yuru, a boy who lives in a remote mountain village, spending his time hunting birds and being one with nature. But one day, Yudu's younger sister Asa is called to serve in the jail at the heart of the village. Her duty also confining her there. Yudu slowly unravels the unnatural mystery hidden beneath his quiet village. So yeah, like I said before, I'm going to be doing a first impression at the very least on this. This is Hiromu Arakawa's next big shonen series. It's been a while. I know Hiromu has been doing a couple of different things. Like we had that Silver Spoon. It's like Life on a Farm type of series that had a few seasons. I never really could get into it to be honest with you but i know she did that and then she was also co-working on what is it the heroic tale of arslan or something like that i want to say she was also a part of that i think that was just for character designs though i don't think she was actually writing it and now this is her next big work i'm hyped i don't know if she'll be able to recapture the magic that she had with full metal alchemist but i'm definitely going to give it a shot character designs look cool story sounds a little interesting title sounds kind of hype let's see what it do honestly hiromu arakawa welcome back into the fold of the manga business and the hustle okay people next up we just got a small little update on the baki hanma anime it says here a new visual for baki hanma anime streaming on netflix and my god i ain't gonna lie i wish i was more caught up here here's my problem with the baki anime that has been coming out lately i never finished the old baki anime i know shame on me i know get it off let it let it out go ahead tell me what it is i get it uh i never finished the original baki anime so every time i see these things i'm like man i would love to watch this shit this looks hype as hell just big muscly dudes punching each other and everything i've heard about baki's father ogre he just sounds like a freaking beast i love to hear about it and it looks so like this visual right here it looks crazy it's like two muscly dudes that look like a one looks like a damn near demon pummeling on the other dude this sounds hype this sounds like just something like yo i'm about to just turn my brain off and see some epic action carnage monstrosity of muscles going in and I can't really do that because I don't want to get spoiled and I don't know how I could enter myself into it. I mean, I remember back when it first hit, I thought that it was a reboot. So I had watched the first couple episodes and I'm like, why are they talking like if, oh, Baki already, oh, this isn't the beginning. I gotta, and then I went back and I started rewatching some of the, you know, first few episodes of the original anime. And it's just not really readily available to find the original Baki anime. So that's something that I hope that they do better with because like, why isn't that on Netflix? Like that, that's the easy slam dunk put the old baki anime so that way people could get into the franchise and then boom they could hop into baki hanma and everything that they've dropped in the last couple years that's honestly what's been stopping me because i look at that shit and i'm like i want to watch it it looks so cool but uh, i gotta watch the original first definitely netflix should do better also the whole dubbing fiasco of them having a different dub from the home video release that's very very silly like netflix need to get up off that i get it you spent your money on the dub and whatnot and you got a price that you want but come on y'all really doing bad on that home video release how y'all gonna license this shit for home video to somebody and then be like well you gotta make your own audio like i don't know netflix do better on that aspect because yeah yeah y'all y'all have something that looks really awesome and 
I can't watch it yet anyway. Moving forward, just a slight nod that Fate Zero just recently had its 10th anniversary and they did a special illustration of two of the most legendary characters, two of my favorite characters in Fate Zero, in case you don't know, is one of my favorite and what I regard as probably the best, if not one of the best anime of all time. This epic visual of Kiritsugu Emiya and Kotomine Kide and oh man, when I first saw it, I was hyped. I was like, oh my God, are they going to do like some type of addendum to it or whatever? And there's really nothing that can be done because the sequel to Fate Zero is Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works. And they've done like three different, four different, I don't even know how many adaptations Fate Stay Night has had at this point from the different routes. They did the Unlimited Blade Works film. They did the original Fate Stay Night, the Fate route uh, with Studio Dean. Oh my God, Studio Dean ruining anime since I don't know when. But they did that. Then they have, of course had the Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works TV series. Like, and they got the three movies that they just put out the Fate Stay Night Heaven's Field route. So yeah, there's not much really you can do at this point in this verse other than to just rewatch and appreciate. Fate Zero is a legendary classic. I think it came out like in 2012. And man, there's just something about this series that the writing is just so top of the line. The setups, it's like it has the battle and action, the beautiful art and animation. This is why when Demon Sayer first got announced for the studio, Studio Ufotable, I was screaming, oh my God, Demon Sayer is about to have one of the best shonen anime adaptations of all time. And people were like, oh, you're exaggerating. Oh, well, look at here. Demon Sayer is the biggest thing ever in, in existence. The highest selling movie. I wonder why. Like, oh, Studio Ufotable because Fate Zero was God. Like, I knew I had faith in them. Like, I had faith in fate. Hey, no. I had faith that they were going to be able to grand slam dunk on it. And they did. And Demon Sayer, y'all see what the hell that is. And a lot of my faith in them had to start off with Fate Zero and just how godlike it is. So big, big congrats to Fate Zero. 10 year anniversary. It actually had to have come out in 2011 then, right? Like for 10 years. I don't know. Yeah, it's really dope to see they did something there. I would love, I don't know, man, maybe a, a reimagining or something. That I don't, th there's really not much you could do. Like as much as I, I'd salivate to see more of that timeline, Kotomine and Kirisuguemiya, there's really not much they could do. So just uh, cherish what it is. And if you haven't seen Fate Zero, you don't need to have watched anything else just go watch fate zero and enjoy this god tier anime it's like 24 episodes 25 24 something like that like it's a god tier anime for the 10th anniversary you will have a blast it's a little slow some people argue the first half or so of the beginnings of it i think you need all of that setup because afterwards it is just an emotional and crazy insane action-packed everything above roller coaster ride and you will appreciate it fate zero baby 10 year anniversary big congrats to uh, nasu everybody involved Rabucci, like legendary series man fate freaking zero i know i fanboyed over this over a damn illustration i don't care i love fate zero okay people next up a small update or a big update on dragon ball's latest couple of games because according to this it says dragon ball fighters and dragon ball xenoverse 2 have 8 million copies shipped and they did a commemorative promo and they both sold 8 million copies individually this is not combined so this is essentially almost 20 million copies of these two games combined and that's crazy i didn't think that fighters would have caught up to xenoverse 2 considering xenoverse 2 had a, a pretty lengthy head start i want to say what like two two three years well yeah that's not the biggest i guess and fighters at the end of the day the mechanics of it it was a real fighting game and anime fighters don't really get that it had a real you know mechanics to it and all that jazz and it's crazy wow man eight million that that's probably also why they don't seem like they're in a rush 
to get the next iteration of Dragon Ball games out there because people are still supporting this. I, I, I'll never forget. It was like probably last year, maybe, or early this year. I had made an offhanded comment on Twitter like, who the fuck even plays these games? These shits is dead as hell. Why are they putting DLC out? And I got fried and cooked like a motherfucker. They were like, how dare you, you stupid ass. You don't know shit. This community's still thriving. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's why they don't really care. They got, like, yo, 16 million copies out there. And fighters, I'd expect to be a little bit more lively just because, again, it's a real fighter. Like, you know, it's a real fighting game. And it's things that is competitive. You know, they have tournaments and all sorts of stuff for that. So I'd expect fighters. But Xenoverse 2, man, it has a dedicated community as well. Craziness. And I, I just can't even believe it. 8 million apiece. Almost 10 million copies apiece for these games. I would love a new Dragon Ball game, though. I'm just saying with an original story at this point. We don't need a redo. I... I Oh God, I do not ever in my life again. Like we just had Kakarot not that long ago, which that means that Kakarot probably didn't sell that well if they didn't put up there. I mean, then again, it's probably because what Kakarot just came out like a year ago. So yeah, it's not going to be anywhere close to these numbers. But and yeah, even though we got Kakarot, I'm ready for a brand new adventure. Like I don't want to play through Radis, Frieza, Cell, the androids, Boo. Like I, I'm done. I'm good. I, I played it a billion times. I, my whole childhood consists of fighting the same motherfucking creatures and robots and, and aliens and stuff like can we just get a brand new one whether it just be focusing in on the story from super or some original stuff like i love the the aspect of like xenoverse 2 how they had the whole time travel thing and it was like a brand new story and it felt like dragon ball online because it was you know a remake of dragon ball online essentially taking the whole basic concept behind it and you know utilizing it to the game like i would like a, an original story again like that's something that i think they should do with some really fire mechanics behind it whether it be again xenoverse three or whatever it is i'm ready for that like kakarot was cool but god if i have to see gohan run from dinosaurs again like oh like if i want to experience that content again i will rewatch the anime like i do pretty consistently but shout outs to xenoverse 2 shout outs to fighters 8 million of peace that's no small feat that's why dragon ball is always usually leading the charge into the next generation of whatever the heck these companies are trying to accomplish in the gaming field in the anime field the manga field whatever okay people next up this is a painful one because we got sales all the latest sales for the latest manga volumes all that jazz we got them in and it's painful and it's painful because this is really probably why Red Hood got the nail in the coffin and was axed. In case you don't know, the Hunter's Guild Red Hood, it was a brand new manga, ran for now 18 chapters and got canceled, got the axe, however you want to call it. Very premature. And the fact that a lot of people over here on the West actually rocked with it, but they still canceled it means that Japan absolutely hated it. But then when you see these numbers, because right here we got, for starters, we got the jump volumes and the sales that these volumes did. And I look at these numbers and I'm like, damn japan really didn't give a shit about this manga at all because looking here for starters we got a few different other series so we're going to take a quick look at that we got dr stone it did 107,000 with its latest volume dope elusive samurai 41,000 sakamoto days 25,000 witch watch i'm always shocked to see like 20,000 okay and then high school family not ranked red hood not ranked nero not ranked i was like alrighty then they're not ranked maybe they still did all right yo if witch watch did 20,000 maybe red hood did like 15 or something 14 why not 13 somewhere around there right and Here's a really weird one, right? Because, okay, it says, according to Shoseki estimations on the first week, 
Red Hood did 4,331 copies. I, I just saying that number alone. Yeah, it, they, they axed it. Like, yo, it, they, it gotta go. It has to go. That's really, really low. Maybe if they would have did a US release, numbers would have looked different because, again, a lot of people were really digging this series. I don't know if it would have changed anything, but yeah 4300 copies not not good at all that like that's probably why right after the volume started getting printed up oh it's canceled it's over that's it and that was that was a nail on the call for more than like like that, that's bad like a, a newbie should ideally be doing at least like eight to fifteen thousand somewhere in that ballpark in order for them to be like well sales are eyed but it, like it already was doing horrible in the rankings the japanese readers wasn't feeling it and then these sales, that was a nail in the coffin. This is why essentially Red Hood flopped, it, which it doesn't make sense logically. Like this is a great story, interesting characters. It, it shouldn't have flopped, but it did. And oh my God, those last few chapters, so daring, so bold of Yuki Kawaguchi, the way they wrote those last few chapters of being very meta, being very self-aware. And at the same time, it felt like just, just being bold, honestly. Like I felt like this is bold and I really respected it. And I know for a fact, I gotta throw this into the air that Yuki Kawaguchi still has a bright future. Like, you failed with this one. You're gonna come back. This is your Sensei no Bolge. This is your Hungry Joker. My Hero Academia and Black Clover is to come, okay? Like, don't worry, Yuki. We're gonna hold you down. Whatever you drop next, I'm reading that shit hands down. And the, the crazy thing about it, right, is that Red Hood sold 4,300, canceled it, got it out of here. However, a manga that's been running in the magazine for a bit now, High School Family, sold less than that. Sold 4,076. Now, they say it's different rules because this is a comedy manga and comedy manga they they look at it from different avenues and not necessarily only about you know the sales and rankings but i don't know i just feel like that's bullshit like if red hood got canceled and it's selling more than that and this is it's you know what i'm saying like eh, okay whatever jump got their weird ways why not and then nero which again i knew nero wasn't gonna last only three thousand in its first week for its first volume yeah they got that shit out of here but also Nero had a little cult following. I could see the author of Nero returning as well alongside the author Red Hood for their next big series, whatever it's going to be. So uh, look out for them. Look out for them. Next time you hear their names, look out for them because I think they're going to come back and dominate. Once like the big dogs, My Hero, Black Clover, and all of them start to wind down and get out of the magazine, these might be the next generation of authors. I'm calling it. And while we're on the topic of sales, let's take a look at the top 50 best-selling manga of the week in general, not only just jump volume. Starting off from 50 to 41, let's see, we got Sengoku Gombei, I have no idea what the heck that is. Tokyo Avengers still selling, volume 1, another 10.9, wow, so Tokyo Avengers still making moves, we got Fire Force 31, uh, oh god, it almost sold exactly damn near what Tokyo Avengers 1 did, that's crazy. Uh, then more Tokyo Avengers, okay, 44 to 41 is all Tokyo Avengers, so Tokyo Avengers still not completely knocked out of the ballpark yet, oh wow, going from 40 to 31 aside from like what two books everything else is tokyo avengers it's just this number 40 i'm not even gonna try to pronounce that giant ass name <laughs> and then uh 36 yubiwa no eranda konyakusha uh, yeah that's the only two volumes everything else tokyo avengers so tokyo avengers still not out of the not out of the woods yet not tokyo avengers still not out of the game yet like it's still doing very well then volumes 30 through 21 again tokyo avengers zero no tea time at 27 hitalia i always thought that hitalia was an anime original i never knew that it actually had like a manga in and of itself but this is a character book uh, so maybe that i don't know a uh, blue lock volume 16 13,000 this week and that's 26 days in total of release then we got tokyo revengers again god damn that's the latest one i want to say right there volume 24 if i'm not mistaken then volumes 20 
through 11. We got, let's see, My Hero Academia is still on the charts. Okay, at number 18 with 18,793, bringing its total to 631. Not bad. We got Witch Watch on the charts as well. That's dope. That's good. Witch Watch, I think it'll it'll last. It's starting to look like it's going to last. It was a little shaky for a little bit. I thought it was going to be out of here. But 20,000 in four days, not bad at all. Detective Conan in 21 days, 431,000 with 23 this week. Not bad, not bad, not bad. Sakamoto Days, hey, in four days, 25,000. Let's go, baby. That's what I want to see. I want to see Sakamoto lasting. Then we got uh, Sose no... Um, Yoji, isn't that? That's Twin Star Exorcist, if I'm not mistaken. 27,000 in four days. Man, that, that might have been going on for a little bit now. Then we got the top 10. We got Dragon Quest Dino Daiboken, which is that just like a re-release of the Dragon Quest manga? Like, uh, I'm not sure what that is, but that's 30,000 uh, this week in four days. Not bad at all. And I, I can't tell. Like, it doesn't look like art that I'm familiar with from the show, but it says Dragon Quest Dino Daiboken Yusha Avan To... Oh, maybe it's a... Uh, Maybe it's a prequel manga about Avon's adventures. I'm not sure. Uh, then we... What the hell is this? Wait. What the hell is this at number nine? It looks like The Fable, The Second Contact One. I thought that was live action for a moment. Okay. <laughs> looks like some type of either delinquent or Yakuza type of manga. Then we got at number seven, Spy X Family 8, a special edition. Oh, God. So what the hell did the regular edition did? 40,000 on a special edition of volume eight. The Elusive Samurai there making moves. So that's definitely going to last 41,000. Uh, then number four... Uh, the, the the milkage of the old one shots of Tatsuki Fujimoto. This time it's 22 to 26. And somebody informed me that these one shot books that are with those numbers, that's the ages that he drew these one shots. And that's why it's called 22 to 26 because that, that was the age that he drew these one shots. That's what somebody told me. I'm not sure if that's accurate, but that does make sense. Then top three, which that's wild that Jujutsu Kaisen Volume 17 have been in here for a while. It's been a while. And number three, 46,000 more with 1.5 million. I'd imagine that trailer for Jujutsu Kaisen zero definitely gave it a boost because it should not be here like it, it came out what when when did this come out it came out october 4th so it's been well over like yeah that that shouldn't be top three either that's that's really good really really good for it uh then top two dr stone number 23 with 107,000 this week for its debut dope stuff and then number one spy x family volume eight in four days 354,000 copies congrats to spy x family really dope stuff honestly very interesting uh top 50 best-selling manga this week a lot of newer titles it shows that the newbies of jump are starting to rise not only like you know marshall but also series like elusive samurai is doing pretty well like there's some new guns that are actually starting to take off which watch like Shoutouts to them. Okay, people, next up, I didn't like hearing this. I don't like when they take the author and keep the author in the dark about things, let alone about something this big, because apparently the creator of Gantz didn't find out who was directing the Hollywood live-action adaptation of his film until just, like, not that long ago. Like, he should have been one of the first people, and instead, he just found out recently. It says, Gantz creator didn't know who was directing the Hollywood live-action adaptation. On Twitter, Gantz manga creator Hiroya Oku shared the news last week that Julius Avery, live-action 2018 Overlord film Son of a Gun, will direct Sony Pictures' planned live-action adaptation of Gantz. He then added, this is my first time hearing it. He clarified in a follow-up tweet that he agreed to the contract a long time ago, but he did not know that things were moving along. So essentially, they were moving along with the adaptation of his story that he created without even telling him anything. I don't like that. 
if there's a creative that actually created things, especially if you want the best product, but in general, out of respect, you always tell the creators, hey, this is what we're doing with your work. Hey, it's moving along. You don't keep them in the dark. That's really corny, lame, and arguably disgusting, just to be honest with you. Uh, Deadline reported last week that Temple Hill is producing the adaptation and that the project is in early development with no start date set yet. And yeah, I don't know. That's just, that's really egregious, to be honest with you, to exclude the author to that point that, oh, I'm just now hearing it along with you guys that this is who's directing the film. Like, that, no, that's not cool. Especially considering the Gantz creator. He's already regarded as like a legend. Like, Gantz is huge. And he's had some big titles after that. Inuyashiki. I always got to stress that shit is the bomb. Inuyashiki. Amazing. Go check it out. But yeah, you don't do that to a creative. You got to always inform them every step of the process. Especially if they want to be involved. Like, no. Next up, we got an update on the Orient anime from the creator of Magi. It says, Adventure TV anime Orient unveils main visual. The staff of the TV anime of Shinobu Otaka's Orient manga revealed the main visual. And it looked pretty freaking dope. Again, this doesn't look as high quality as some of the other ones. But yeah, it got some of the main characters. And again, art reminiscent of, you know, Magi and stuff like that. And of course, the show will premiere in January 2022 on TV Tokyo and ATX. And of course, Crunchyroll will stream the anime. And like I said before, I'll say it again. I am going to check it out. Um, it doesn't look like it's going to have the craziest budget in the world, just being honest with you. The more and more I'm looking at it, the art and animation doesn't look like it's going to be stellar. But... I'm still excited, and I know that there is somewhat of a push for it. That's why they put it in the Basatsu Shonen magazine to kind of be a replacement, even though there's no replacing Attack on Titan. But with Attack on Titan ending, they pushed this into that magazine, made it a monthly series from a weekly series, and it's kind of like the lead manga in that magazine right now because Shinobu Otaka has a pretty significant name. A lot of people love her from Magi. And yeah, I think there's going to be a big push. And I think if this season actually turns to be a success, and I guess the second season, I could imagine like what they did with Magi, how like season one, I think they did like, they cut a whole bunch of corners and added filler. And then in season two, they kind of got it right. Maybe it could be the same thing. Again, I don't want to count it out early. It's just that from the trailers and stuff I've seen, it didn't look insane or anything like that. But it doesn't necessarily need to look insane. If it's a really dope story and it's aight, then so be it. And either way, I'm very excited. I love Shinobu Taka's stuff. Okay, people. And last story of the episode. New JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean Short Stories Manga by Kimono Jihen creator Sho Aimoto coming to Ultra Jump Magazine. It's titled Bujiko no Ki. Kimyo na Shosei Jutsu, aka White Snake no Gosan, first and only chapter out in Ultra Jump number one, released December 18th. So it might only just be like a one shot. Uh, that's a little weird of a framing of like it's first and only chapter out in Ultra Jump, or do they just mean it's the first chapter? And the art from it, it looks a little like zany, doesn't necessarily look as like defined or masculine, I guess you would say, as Araki's art. So there's that. But yeah, new JoJo manga kind of, I'm imagining that's a cross promo with, you know, the anime coming out around that time. So I'm excited for that. And either way, more JoJo's is always a good thing. You know what I'm saying? I, I love me some JoJo's, especially like Stone Ocean. I can't freaking wait. I can't wait. And yeah, people, those are all the stories we have for today's episode. I'm curious what you guys think. What was the most interesting story, story that caught your eye, or just in general, anything in particular that you want me to add into the next Forever News episode, something that you've been dying to see me cover and I haven't talked about it or a 
particular avenue in the anime and manga industry realm that I'm just not touching up on, let me know. But that's all I have for this one. Thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed. If you liked anything I had to say or enjoyed the video, drop me a like. I'd greatly appreciate it. And if you want more from me, make sure to subscribe. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram. Hit that bell to get all notifications. And if you want to follow any of my other social media, links are in the description below. I'm Fenebo World. And as always, people, have an awesome day. And remember the golden rule. Anime and manga for life, boy. Have an awesome day. Peace in. And you guys just watched another episode of Forever News. Have an awesome day. <laughs>